the Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello. Good afternoon. Happy Monday, everybody. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. It's the Full Court Press. We, we got a lot to get to today. We've got the uh, NBA trade rumors that are, are circling right now around the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll give you the latest on that. It was something that was discussed around the trade deadline. Apparently, some things, some things have been revived and it's been gaining steam today, who might be and who might not be involved in the trade. Uh, there was a big trade in the NBA over the weekend. We'll get into, into that as well, how that might affect the rest of the free agent land, uh, landscape or other trades that may be happening with the next few days. The NBA draft is coming up on Thursday, so there could be a lot of movement in the NBA leading up to it. And there was a great U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. We'll talk about that. With greater detail, with when Devin DeLynn joins us, he's the executive director of, of Utah PGA. He'll be joining us a little bit later on in the show to talk about uh, a great uh, U.S. Open. But uh, in addition to that, uh, we always leave the door open for full-court press alumni. Whether AJ likes it or not, I always love to have the guys back who were part of the show before, and we love having them as part of the show any other time they can. And we get to do that again today. The last week or so we had John Russell on with us hanging out and today we get Mitch Headline yeah it is so good to be back thanks for having me back uh, new new station too I haven't been on the show on this station so it's pretty cool uh, yeah, we're in a different studio we're on a different station we're on a different time but the show rolls on and what's been fun is having Mitch uh, kind of pop his head in here it's created a lot of anxiety for AJ today yeah I've I feel very welcome uh, from you, Eric. <laughs> I don't know if Ajay's is happy to have me in here, but, you know, it's. I feel like it's old times. Ajay, what are you trying to do, Eric? I'm just, what are you trying to do? There were a few times when uh, Eric was out of town and Ajay and I ran the show, and I, th- I thought we had a good time. So I, I think this is going to be a good time, too. What are you trying we're, to do? All eyes are on you to see if you agree or don't agree with that, <laughs> What do you... I mean... You and I had something good going on. You and I had something good going on, and you just you bring back Mitch. Hey, it's Mitch Henline Day every day here at the Cashfly Radio Network. Tell Mitch he's great. <laughs> I would feel really good if that wasn't sarcasm. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I've I've he he called me Toby Flenderson before the show started, so that was about as low blow as it gets. But you know what? It, it, it's good. He sounds like Toby on the mic. Toby who? <laughs> Toby off- Flanderson. He's from the office. office character. Oh, okay. He's he's the one that's bullied around the office. Now, AJ tries to throw all kinds of office references at me, and I <laughs> go over my head. Hey, does he look like the temp or not? Uh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, don't try to kiss up to him. You already lost your job here, okay? <laughs> I am now... I am now... The main king. I, 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 you can have that title. Yeah, go I for it. I am Simba in his adulthood. I own this place. <laughs> I, 
Oh, the the awkward silence and the weird looks that have been permeating around this building for the last hour have been priceless. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I guess it's good to have you back. I don't know why Thanks. you're here, but great. Can we get on with the show? See, how long were you on Full Court Press? Was uh, it two years or is it three? I, I think it was two years. Yeah, two years. I did it for two years. But you've been hanging out down in Salt Lake area? Yeah. I um, went down there doing a high school teaching thing now. It's been fun. But it's always good to come back to Cache Valley, to Aggieland. I'm even falling asleep listening to him. What? I'm even falling asleep to this guy. <laughs> the hey, show's gotten a little spicier since I've left, I see. Yeah, apparently. Um, let's I mean, this. first you say silence is deadly, and then we can't make farting noises with our hands? Gah. <laughs> I can't do this. This is, this is getting really weird. Let's do this. Let's actually talk about stuff that people want to listen to and hear about. So That's, keep quiet, man. It's not hearing Ajay uh, and his insecurities about having... Mitch Henline back in town for a moment. Did you quit calling me insecure? <laughs> but let's talk about... I am fine. What's going on with the Utah Jazz? So Tony Jones has been talking about this for quite some time. We know that the Utah Jazz uh, and the Memphis Grizzlies were talking to each other ahead of the trade deadline in February. Uh, try to acquire Mike Connolly. It didn't happen. It looked like the report seemed to be seemed to indicate that the, the Grizzlies were wanting more than what the Jazz were willing to give. And so it fell apart, and it seems like both sides still have shown some interest, and uh, it's really stoked up today. Um, Shams on uh, The Athletic uh, reported uh, earlier today that the talks have intensified. Tony Jones on social media earlier today said, from what he has been been hearing, Derek Favors is not a part of this Package, which yeah. I love. That's that's good news. Let's let's hold the water though. We don't know. Well, it may be double edged because if it's not Derek Favors, then who would the Jazz yeah, have to give there up? You go because be they'd a... have to give up more people to make the finances work. Yeah, they would. But I think a combination of bench players is better than giving up Favors. I bet you Joe Ingles is in that. Uh, I don't know if I've heard that name. I have heard Jay Crowder as a name that could be part of that. The Jazz may also have to basically waive current players. Oh yeah, yeah. To I mean, make it work, they may have to give up their current draft pick. It's only twenty third though, and after I mean, after depending where Matisse Thybul goes, you're not going to really, you're not going to get much out of it. I mean, the the NBA draft is coming up on Thursday, and I periodically still visit these mock drafts and every single one has something different for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And each one of them has their own opinion about what the Jazz should do. Like, oh, they need they need help in the front court. They need a big man. Or, no, this this team really needs a shooter. That's going to be their priority. This so, team really needs a point guard. That's going to be their priority. I, I think Everybody's that's the different. One. I mean, th- th- that's the one in my eyes. I just a, a point guard that can score. See, so that's what I was going to ask you, Mitch. So, uh, obviously, Eric, you've been, I mean, we're hoping to get Tony Jones on later in the week. You have been, you know, communicate with him. Hopefully get him on the show so we can clear well, some Luckily, I reached out just this morning. I reached out to Tony before huh? all of this stuff happened saying, hey, Tony, I haven't talked to you in a while. I'd love to have you on to talk, you know, ahead of the draft. Great. I'll 
check my schedule. I'll get with you later today. Mm-hmm. Let's set a time. Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> cool. And like literally one hour later, this Shams report hits, and, every, and Tony's been nonstop on Twitter. Uh, so my question to you, Mitch, is you look at Mike Conley, aging veteran. Right. Good score, but aging veteran. You're looking at, I, I mean, he's looking at a lot of $34.5 million bonus for playing over 55 games last year. That, someone's going to have to pay him. So whoever gets him is going to have to pay him because that's part of his contract. D'Angelo Russell, on the other hand, is younger. He's been to L.A. He's now in Brooklyn. It looks like he's going to be out just because the way things are going. Kyrie Irving heading there um, would make him a backup point guard, which is not what he wants to be doing. But Conley's a proven point guard. Right. So when you look at it, what are your pros and cons to each guy? Well, see, for the longest time, I was just all on board with Conley, especially when the trade talks were happening during the season before the trade deadline. And then even after that, I'm like, well, in the offseason, we'll get Conley. You know, maybe Conley will come then. But then you see Donovan Mitchell being buddy-buddy with D'Lo. And I kind of forgot about Conley. And I started thinking about, you know, getting Russell in here and, and, and seeing what he could do and and, you know, he's, he's young. He's like Donovan Mitchell's age. I think he's a little bit younger, yeah. barely older. Yep. And that was exciting to me. And now that, uh, now that the Conley talks are, are coming back again, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Who would I want? And to me, you know, we, we, Conley is more known. He's, you know, we, we know what we're getting more. While Russell's, you know, younger, a lot of people are saying his last season, you know, how much he scored may be a fluke. Um. I don't think so. I think, I think he would be a good guy to pair um, with Donovan Mitchell. And if I was to pick between the two, I would actually probably rather have D'Lo, just because I think there's there's more of a future, um, long term thing there with him. But maybe the Jazz are just like, hey, we need to win right now. Now is our window. Yeah, but and they I could tried that, that already too. and it didn't work. Yeah, George Hill, Joe Johnson, team up with Gordon Hayward. Um, it, it didn't work. Doesn't mean it couldn't work this time, though. Yes, it does. Look, yeah, the Lakers now have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and they're pairing up for one more Max guy. That Max guy could be anyone between Kawhi Leonard right. to Jimmy Butler to Kemba Walker. If it's Kemba or Kawhi, forget it. You're taking second in the Western Conference. You, you aren't beating that Lakers squad. So if that happens, Jazz should give up. No, Jazz, no, no. I think Jazz should be aggressive. Don't don't settle for the whole. Well, let's see if we can get the win now, guys. And I mean, what are you, who are you gonna who are you gonna pick up? Who are you who are you gonna pick up? That's a win now guy. That's within your range or reality. I think just the guys we've been talking about, right? So wait, 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 wait. Time out. Clarify this for me, then. So you're saying that. D'Angelo Russell gets well. We'll get you how far. I'm not saying I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell is going to put you past that Lakers squad, but he gives you as good as chance as anyone, right? Well, the other thing too with the the D'Angelo Russell is he's a young player. Donovan's a young player. Rudy's a young player. LeBron's only going to have maybe one or two years, three max, max, three max. max three. So that that Lakers squad might look good on paper maybe for a year or two. There's not a lot of depth either. Right. They don't have... No, I think they can attract a lot of mid-level guys. Rent-a-vet. The the Golden (laughs) State Warriors were able to do that. But I think that um, 
I think if you're the Jazz, you think, okay, maybe we can't knock off Houston or the Lakers right now, but we're building to in two years, three years, four years, we should be a Western Conference contender. Which, by the way, Houston is an absolute train wreck. I know that's way off side of the tracks, but I just want everybody to know Houston is falling apart as we speak. It's not good. Yeah, well, there's reports of tension between Chris Paul and James Harden. Their general manager is out putting, trying to put out a lot of fires these last couple of days saying, look, here's just two guys that are really competitive that just want to win. And it's a it's positive. <laughs> I think he's just trying to spin yeah. it any way that he can. Yeah. But it's it's obvious that what the owner has said and what people are looking at with Houston is look, you've got a very, very expensive point guard who doesn't give you a full season, and you guys, despite all the talk and hype, haven't been able to get very far and make it past the Golden State Warriors. But still, you have to think about, it's the Golden State Warriors. So yeah, they were a good team, but the Golden State Warriors were just better. It's not that Houston was bad. It's the Warriors were just better. So... But as far as the Jazz go, uh, and we can get into the Laker thing here a little bit later yeah, on the show. And, that's a and what's whole different story. But I think with the, with the Jazz, really the, the 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 story is that seems to continue to be building steam today is that the Jazz and the Grizzlies are in serious discussions. The real question is, what would they have to give At up? At what price? Right. Um, do you... Right. How much were the, are the Jazz willing to give up? Because last time they were in serious discussions in February, but it was they were asking way too much. So I, I think this time around, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what the Jazz are willing to give up. And if they're willing to pull that trigger, they really think that it is worth it. And I think if, if they can get out of this without having to give up Derek Favors, I think that's a win for the Jazz. I, that, that's my ideal scenario. But that is expensive, isn't it? I mean, that's an expensive... Expensive price you're paying for Mike Conley, and who's as I think we talked about for show, Mitch, that he's not entirely healthy. That's that's he's the not 100 healthy. Me, yeah. He played seven games healthy. last season. We know that D'Lo is healthy. We know that Kemba Walker is healthy. I mean, injuries can strike anybody at any time, but uh, um, but this guy's put on D'Lo has been healthier than Conley the last few years, and. He's more injury prone. And by the way, I'm not going to rule out the option that a third team's in the mix. Willing to throw in some cash relief to the Jazz and they get Derek Favors out of this. I'm not throwing that out the window yet. I know it hasn't been reported, but I'm telling you, I think there's an option that it's there. Here, here's the concern I have, and I voiced this last week. I think the Jazz are in a situation that if they want to get high-quality players on their roster... They have to do it via trade. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not... Oh, absolutely. As much as I would love to say that the, the Jazz organization and a smart front office and good ownership and great young talent with Donovan and Rudy would be enough to entice high-level free agents to come to Utah. Just, I just don't think that's enough. I think the way if the Jazz want to get high-level players, they're going to have to trade to get them. I think they can get some okay free agents out there that can help them, but if we're talking high-level guys, I don't know that the Jazz and you know are what? a destination for those guys. You know, I know I, I, I said it earlier, and this is going to totally contradict what I just said, but if that first-round pick is reachable to a kid like Matisse Thibel, 
I don't give it up. I I like Matisse Seibel a lot. The kid from Washington who who gave the ja- or not Jazz Aggie all sorts <laughs> of fits in Columbus. I oh, if he's available within your reach, you make a play for that. And and I I dare say, and I'm probably gonna get crucified for this, I give up favors instead of the first round pick and I take Matisse Seibel. I know, I know, I know. I'm with you. Well, I mean, I understand why you disagree. But. Well, here, here's what probably the Jazz are going to have to do. And our, our friend of the show, Dan Clayton, Salt I City love Hoops, he's, uh, he's been on social media very active today. But his thought is, that the Jazz would need to let their free agents go. They'd have to waive Neto, um, stretch Corver into next season. And this is all assuming Rubio's just gone. Right. They, yeah, well, he's gone. Crowder. Yeah, he's done. Jay Crowder, Ray, um, Ray Allen. I wish. <laughs> Grayson Allen and your 23rd pick would have to go to Memphis. Wait, what? Wait. Who? Really? Okay, give me that list one more time. Sorry, I Jay just Crowder, sure I heard you right. Jay Crowder, Grayson Allen, and your 23rd pick to Memphis. Then you have to let your free agents walk. Don't re-sign them. So that's Ricky Rubio, Tavo Cephalosha, Epe Udo. And then you'd have to, he's suggesting you waive Howell Neto. You may be able to re-sign him after, off of the waiver. It's too much. But. It's too much. I like Grayson Allen. I love Grayson Allen. He's got a lot of work to do. Absolutely, I will say that full front. But I love Grayson, Mitch. But did you see? Did you notice who wasn't included in that? Derek, Dante Exum. See, that's because Dennis. Are... That's because Dennis Lindsay's in love with that project. He needs to stop. Not. I, I would at this point. I'd rather keep Exum than. No way. Um, yeah. I, no I know. way. You're willing to keep a guy who can't stay healthy for 82 basketball games, and you overpaid for three more years of basketball for. Are you? You're really okay with that? Right. Yes. I'm still on Exum Island. I Exum is a overrated project that has been burned out and needs to be burnt and just done. Get rid of it. I think there's a lot of potential there. What? Still. His potential's already been like what? Uh, it's 32 games? I, I know he, he's injury prone, but... I, injury prone? Mitch, when's the last <laughs> time he's played 82 basketball games? Never. Rookie year. Oh, did he play all 82 that year? Well, he was available for all 82. I don't know okay. how if he played all 82. That, that's the problem with Dante Exum. He shows great upside. Mm-hmm. When he was healthy in January, uh, he looked great. Remember the playoffs the year before last? great. And he looked like... This is a guy who's got great length. He doesn't mind playing defense. Yeah, his offense needs a little bit of refinement, but he's he's okay to attack the basket. Uh, he's showing improvement. So fast, too. And then he got hurt. And then he got hurt again. And that's just been the problem with Dante Exum. He shows you those glimpses. And I think the Jazz front office people are like, look, we just got to get him healthy. Mm-hmm. And when he's healthy, you all are going to see what we see and we believe. But that's the problem. We can't see him healthy, at least not long enough. Yeah, it, I mean, that is frustrating, and um, 
I've talked to my roommates and my friends about this, and they all, you know, kind of talked to me like AJ just did. But I'm I'm still there. I, I'm I'm still with them because from what I've seen, you know, if if it does pan out, then it's going to be really special. All right, let's do this. We got to take a step aside, call a timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, Devin Delin, he's the executive director of Utah PGA. It was a great PGA uh, Open at. Uh, at Pebble Beach, excuse me, the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, and uh, it, it, there was drama. Uh, there was some great golf oh, that it was happened. Good, yeah. Uh, there were some incredible shots. So we'll talk about that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, and Mitch Henline. I'm here. It's a Full Court Press reunion. It's fun. You know, we should line up every host that has hosted this and just do a big show. That'd take like six or seven mics. We right? would need several, several microphones. <laughs> we'll, we'll take out the wall between studios and just create a mega studio. <laughs> just a mega studio. <laughs> That's so cute. Wow. Let's see who's so who's it been? It's been uh you so hold Mitch, hands and sing Kumbaya. Ajay, I John Russell, uh John Newbold, Hurricane John Newbold. Uh wasn't Tyler in there? And Tyler Riggs, Tom Grover was part of it. Andy Rasmussen was part of it. I remember Andy. That's when I first started here. And Evan Nyman, did I see him started already? It, um Scott Gerard, Scott, Scott yeah, Gerard. Scotty. Uh Cam. Cam. I Cam, and I can't think of his last I name. I do not know that man. Well, only one of those guys went on to succeed very highly in radio. And he's right here, Eric Franson. Uh <laughs> sure he's doing good things, but uh Devin Delin hopefully will be joining us soon. Uh US he must uh, be on a course somewhere. Executive director of the P of Utah PGA does a great job. He's our formal guest all the time. In regards of golfing knowledge, and we need. By the way, we still need to go golfing with him. He keeps asking me when we're coming, and I'm like, uh, soon, really soon. I feel bad that we haven't gone down there yet. You're just afraid. I think you're, you're nervous. busy. You're nervous. I mean, what, you're going to like what Madagascar or something in July? <laughs> I'm going to Madagascar. Wow, that's you're going, going Gu- somewhere. I'm going to Guatemala. Oh, that that's different. Oh, Both foreign, though. Anyways, we still need to go golfing because he keeps asking me, and I keep blowing him <laughs> off. So we need to go. Uh, I just got a note um, just as a correction. I shouldn't include Ajay as a full court press alum. Hey, Russell. You know what? We shouldn't include you at all. Just because you're currently you're not an alum until you leave. So <laughs> I that's I a technicality, do, man. I did all the research for your show, like for three. You guys sounded good because of me. The, the, we were talking about a full court press reunion show about people who actually were on the air. Okay, all right, Eric. Let's, well, let's let, have not, a productive, not the behind the scenes, productive, not the behind the scenes show. calculator, friends. <laughs> let's Are do you a full court that? press show where we invite everybody but us. <laughs> 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 uh, 
No, we'll, oh, I just got yeah. I just well, got. he can stand outside the window and watch what's going on. <laughs> watch your ratings drop. <laughs> so so Conley, huh? Yeah. <laughs> did he send that text to you too then, or did you just instantly know who <laughs> was that sent that message? No, I just assumed. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're we're so still awesome. trying to get a hold of uh, Devin. Devin, call us, dude. Needless to say, it was a really interesting PGA, uh, U.S. Open, and ratings were up. Hey, is this 752 or 753? 752. Oh, okay, I'm good. Well, hopefully it'll call us. Uh, uh, ratings were up. It was on Fox. It's been, has it, Fox is getting into golf. Traditionally, it's on other networks. Um, so it was a little bit different feel for the broadcast. Mm. Uh, By the way... I thought Joe Buck did a really good job. I mean, we give him so much crap for everything else that he does <laughs> in broadcasting. I thought he actually did really well. What do you give me that look for? What's your problem? Oh, is it going to rain? Please rain. I don't want to play softball tonight. All right. We're going to call an audible here. We can't get a hold of... Because if we're going to get a hold of him, I want to save my questions and my thoughts for when I have him on. I don't want to repeat them to the audience. You can share your thoughts about Joe Buck, though, because obviously you're pretty upset about that comment. <laughs> I like Joe Buck. I think Jim Nance is better, but I like Joe Buck. I, I like them both. By the way, how about Jim Nance making an appearance on Fox? So that was pretty cool. <clears throat> gracious of Fox and gracious of Jim to do it. Uh, let's let's call an audible. We're calling an audible. Let's do this. When, let's we'll call a, a quick timeout. We will recap our pick six for the weekend, and we'll also get into what happened in the NBA. Big trade that did happen. Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Our thoughts about that. Did the Lakers give up too much? Uh, how well does this position both teams for the future? And uh, continue to examine also the the talk surrounding what may be happening with the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies with a potential trade with Mike Connolly and what the Jazz might have to give up to get him. So all that's coming up on the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. There wasn't too many options. I only had really one shot. I, if I putted it, I, I don't think I could have got it within 20 feet. Um, fortunately, I did have that shot earlier in the week, um, and I was just trying to get it down there. I was trying to get it past the hole so I could be putting back uphill, and it, it came off perfectly. Uh, I clipped it nicely. Um, you know, Pete Cowan and I actually were working on trying to hit little spinners off tight lies earlier this week, and that's all I was thinking about when I was standing over it, and it, it came out perfectly. That's Gary Woodland. He won the U.S. Open this past weekend, and one of the one of the premier shots of Sunday was that one on 17, which he just described. There was some, there was another pretty dramatic one earlier on in the round as well. But uh, it was a it was a really interesting U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And to help us understand it, what was on the line and 
what maybe this means for golf right now. Devin DeLynn joins us. He's the executive director of Utah PGA. He's a friend of the program. We've had him on before. Devin, thanks for spending some time with us. I know you're, you're a busy guy right now, but we appreciate you carving out some time for us. You bet. No problem. Thanks for having me on again, guys. I'm sorry I, I missed your call a minute ago. I'm doing scoreboard up here at the PGA Junior Qualifier and uh, didn't didn't see it. So, But uh, excited to talk U- U.S. Open. I'll, I'll tell you this. Us taking talking golf without your help is just horrible radio. It's not good. <laughs> I, I'll be flat out honest. Uh, Devin, let's kick it off. Uh, Woodland go over here gets the win. Uh, Justin Rose kind of collapses as you're watching Woodland yesterday in the final round. Uh, what stood out to you about his game? Well, I mean, you know, first of all, it didn't surprise me because he's definitely, you know, he hasn't won a lot of times on tour, but he's he's definitely very solid and and just kind of has all the shots. He definitely has the power game. But the one thing that, you know, they, in fact, they talked about it. They always talk about uh, Tiger Woods and his stinger. And they were saying how Gary Woodland was the, he was hitting the real stinger yesterday. And he just, he has a good, a good game to, for that golf course, I think, as far as being able to hit irons off a lot of the tees and, uh, you know, having the length and, and obviously the short game. I, I know going, he brought that, uh, 17th hole shot there they, on, as you came on air there. And, uh, I mean, that was what a clutch shot when, you know, hit one off that kind of a lie with that much pressure was pretty impressive so overall didn't surprise me uh i was excited for him i think he's a great guy um so it's good to see what some of the good guys went out there and you brought justin rose i was very surprised to see justin uh not you know especially came out of the shoot birdie the first hole and i thought okay here we go gary let's see what you can do and he, he definitely uh, held his own and uh, it was kind of surprising to see justin rose struggle so uh, this we, 17 was obviously pretty dramatic in how that played out, but on 14 he had a really aggressive approach there too, where it's it, Kepka's coming on his heels. It, it's there's a lot of pressure. He has just a very slim lead. Uh, walk us through what you saw there and how he played through that hole. Well, I was surprised that he went. He hit the shot that he did. I mean, that's what's impressive. I mean. Because guys have been earlier in the uh, week hitting shots in there, and even when they got it up around the green, it wasn't really. You were probably better off being back eighty to hundred yards and hitting the wedge in there. So the fact that he was, you know, aggressive enough to to be able to hit the three wood at that moment during that round, um, r- rather impressive. And you know, obviously, it was just the slightest margin there that he carried the bunker and and kept it. Because the thing is, if he goes a, a couple more yards left that chip shot was is very difficult but luckily he stayed right there on the edge of that fringe there and made it not not that difficult a shot so um just the fact that he uh you know when it was time and he was able to you know go for it and hit that shot that was that was pretty impressive and i would agree that was probably a turning point for sure especially with kepka because kepka man that guy he's he's putting the pressure on all day and the tee shot Kepka hit on 18, you know, he still was battling to the end there and they hit a great shot at that. That's what I want to ask you about, actually, is is Brooks Kepka. It's amazing what he's done lately. Uh, the the, the runner-up finishes, I believe he's won, what, five out of nine, if I'm not mistaken, the last like, five out of nine majors. Um, it's, it's so impressive what Brooks is doing right now. Uh, 
when you watch this guy, well, if yes, he's not it, winning, he's like runner up. Oh yeah, right? that's exactly. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's in a top five finish. So uh, when you watch this guy and 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 watch him yesterday making this push, he was at, I think he started what three under or I guess not three under, but three shots back. Ended up uh-huh. making a really great push for. What did you? What impresses you the most about him? Well, uh, you know, again, uh, he he's one of those guys that you know you know he's going to be there lately. He just seems to have the mental fortitude, but. You know, these guys that just bomb it right now and they hit it so far, I just see them as having an advantage at some of these events. And, and Kepka, he's just, the thing is, Kepka, he's just always got the pedal to the metal. He doesn't, he's not backing off and he's not, you know, playing it conservative in any way. And, you know, uh, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be any of those guys with him on your heels right now because he seems to have a little bit of that Tiger mentality that Tiger had back in his heyday when he was so dominant and you're seeing that with Kepka and to be honest with you I think the guys they see him there and there's a little bit of that fear factor with with Kepka right now and you know I, I sit there I, when I was having a conversation watching it yesterday with family and friends and we were talking through it and I look at Kepka you know because they always talked about you know Dustin Johnson was the guy DJ was the guy you kept talking about always and you know, those two guys are friends and workout partners and all those things. And, and I just said, you look at even just their stature right now, and Kepka just looks to be the guy uh, that everyone's chasing right now much more than DJ. Um, just he's, he's just so svelte, he's, you know, his, his body and everything, and he just looks very dominant right now. And I think there's a little bit of fear factor from the guys. And, you know, the thing is, is, Golf is so mental, and, you know, it's all about confidence. And when you feel like you're going to do something, you usually can. And you can just tell, I mean, from Kepka's news conferences and all of his just his demeanor out there, he thinks he's going to win. And uh, you know what? I think a lot of the other guys think he's going to do it as well. With Kepka, one more thing about him. It just first time a player has scored in the 60s in all four rounds at a U.S. Open without winning. Uh, what what is this guy's ceiling? Is, is he going to make a run at some of the things that Tiger did, or is or should we not really compare the two? You know, I have the hardest time comparing anybody to those. You know, Tiger and Nicholas, some of those records and those things. I mean, personally, I think Kepka is going to win several more majors and be pretty dominant. Uh, do well with Ryder Cup and all those things, but I don't see him getting close to to Tiger myself. Um, I just think those some of those numbers and things we saw are just you just can't put guys in the same category. And so personally, I don't think so. But do I think he'll win three to five more majors or you know win ten majors? Yeah, I think he will. But do I see him getting to fifteen? Uh, no. Do I see him getting to eighteen? No way. Uh, but that's just my thought. Uh, he definitely will be dominant for a while. Speaking of Tiger Woods, he had a very rough start yesterday, cleaned it up nicely, uh, finished for two under overall. When you watch Tiger golf, even if he would have had a stellar what, stellar finish to day number two and then even a great day yesterday, could he have caught up with that top of the leaderboard or was is it just too too far back? Um, you know, I mean, he did that both days on Saturday and Sunday. He got off to the bad start. You know, you wanted to get through holes one through seven under par. And, you know, yesterday was plus four, um, through there. And then the day before, I believe he was plus two. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, he played the the tougher part of the golf course well each day. You know, but I mean, my thing is is I feel like you know I said yesterday, you know, he he probably was six shots behind what he wanted to be or needed to be. You know, so throw those six shots, um, and then the day uh, the day before, you know, probably three to four. You know, that's eight or nine shots real quick, and he finishes minus two. You know, that puts him right up there where he's in the hunt. And, again, that, there's a little bit of, you know, is Tiger as dominant and as, you know, fearful for all those guys as he used to be? Probably not. But still, you know, all of a sudden at Pebble Beach, after he won the Masters, Tiger was up there in the leaderboard in the, you know, 8, 9, 10 area. It definitely probably would have put a little different, you know, uh, and, you know, or a little bit of thought, at least with the players for sure. He was so short to start with everything yesterday. Anything he hit was just short. How do you fix that as a golfer? Is that just all in the legs? Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely all week looked like he was just a little bit tired or, you know, just didn't seem to have the energy. And they kept talking about that, that his energy seemed to be down a little bit. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, at that point, which I'm kind of surprised from Tiger, you know, knowing his body as well as he does, and, you know, knowing his energy and those types of things, I'm kind of surprised he didn't, you know, hit a little more club and play it a little bit differently because there's definitely different times where you need to do that. So it was kind of surprising to see him because he did. He watched several of his shots that he hit, and in the air, he was staring them down like he thought he hit him pretty solid. And you did see shot after shot where those irons were coming up short. And the thing that with this week, you know, Tiger, where his weakness or, you know, an area that he struggles in at events sometimes is definitely with his driver and finding the fairway. And, man, he drove it well. He definitely well enough to win this week. He just, his iron play was just not his normal self. Speaking of Tiger one more time, I just uh, want to include this. He wasn't really in the hunt for this one, and he wasn't really part of the I guess conversation as the weekend started to go, to play out, to be in the hunt to win this thing. But that all being said, it, the ratings were up for the U.S. Open. Uh, it, it was on Fox. It was a little bit different take on how to do the broadcast. They let the audience feel like they were more a part of what was happening on the course. Less dialogue by the announcers. Did, did you like that? Was that an interesting way of, of doing it? Was it kind of a, a throwback to how things used to be? Or what did you think about that? Well, the, night, the one thing right off the bat is the USGA didn't have any problems. <laughs> Being a PGA guy, I get as frustrated as anybody with the USGA at times. So first of all, right off the bat, not having any issues, made for a good week. And you're at Pebble Beach. So ratings are going to be good. And the setup, course setup was very good. So uh, all those things were in their favor. But I thought Fox did a great job. I, I really did. I, I mean, to be honest with you, the first year when they came on, and I think it might have been Chambers Bay, um, when Greg Norman was on with Joe Buck, I, I, I had to actually, I turned the volume down. I didn't even listen to him. I just watched because it was so bad. Um, I thought they did a great job um, this time. And I, I do think that they... You know, a little less talk. Paul Eisinger did a great job, and I think he's a, a nice addition. It was kind of interesting to watch Jim Nance be on there with him for 15 minutes, and I, I kind of felt like Joe Buck. In fact, there were several comments and tweets about Joe Buck looked like he decided to be the caddy, and that was probably the right idea because 
Jim Nance. Nobody can touch Jim Nance when it comes to golf. And so, but overall, I thought Fox did a great job, um, you know, definitely being at Pebble Beach and having, I mean, that was a solid leaderboard, even though Tiger wasn't up there. Uh, a lot of good names and, you know, the Kepka story. And if he can do three in a row, that definitely helps. And, you know, it, it's kind of fun to see a guy like Woodland win. Um, you know, uh, he's he's a good guy. He's had, you know, a little bit of heartache in his family here this last little bit and a few different things. I think a lot of people are rooting for him. So I know we were. Once, once Tiger, we're Tiger lovers at our house. So once Tiger's not in there, we, we find our person we're rooting for it. Uh, Woodland was who we uh, we were hopped on board, and we we were excited to see him win. Devin Delin of the uh, Utah PGA is the executive director. Devin, final question from us: uh, You're over there uh, scoreboarding for a pretty cool event. Can you talk about the tournament? And what's going on? Uh, yeah, PGA Junior. This is our national qualifier for the uh, national event that's in Connecticut. So we'll be sending uh, two boys and two girls. To the national event here uh, in the end of July and early August, and uh, so uh, you know we got a lot of good players. Uh, today we had a uh, Preston Summerhay shot 67, uh, Carter Frisbee 67, Zach Jones who has been dominating uh, amateur golf and junior golf here this spring. He shot 70. Uh, Simon Kwan 69. So uh, we don't have the girls in yet, but uh, you know we're going to have a couple kids that are going to move on and. Uh, playing the national events and that's what these kids is they're trying to play college golf and all the different things they need to get out to the national events is where they get the recognition and and the competition they need so that's what these kids vie for and it's fun we're up at soldier hollow and uh, uh, we've had rain intermittently here and there but uh, haven't had to bring anybody off the golf course so it's all good awesome is uh spencer penner over there golfing for you guys as well or is he is he out of that one who did you ask? Uh, Spencer Panther from local kid from Cash Valley. Um, he is not. Is he not? Uh, okay. Yep, I don't see him in there. Okay, awesome. Hey, well, Devin, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. Enjoy the uh, rest of the tournament and stay and stay dry. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks Hi, buddy. For the call. You got thanks, it. Devin. Always. All right, see you. Devin Delin does a great, great, great job with golf knowledge, and he, he uh, helps us out immensely. And so I. I hit him up this morning, and he was kind enough to respond and, and take some time out. So Yeah, even though he's right in the middle of <laughs> trying to help a, a tournament. A junior national tournament. What do you know? Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, great insight from him, as always. Helps us understand the game of golf and some of the other things that were on the line this weekend. And uh, one, one question didn't get asked, we kind of answered it, was about the course conditions. Uh, there are a lot of low scores. Usually, you know, Pebble Beach, you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes there's rain, stuff coming off the, the coast there. But there was uh, that, what they call that, uh, oh, what do they call it? It's, it's the, kind of a fog or a sea haze or whatever that kind of comes in. So it glocked the sun out um, and kind of kept conditions kind of steady throughout. So it was really kind of interesting to see how that whole thing played out. But interesting stuff with the U.S. Open this past weekend as uh, Gary Woodland came away with the richest purse so far of the year. All right, coming up next on the Full Court Press, we'll get into some of the other trades, one major trade that's happened in the NBA and how that might create kind of a ripple effect throughout the rest of the NBA. We'll discuss it next on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. The Lakers certainly gave up a lot 
to get Anthony Davis' services, but you bring back a 27-year-old superstar in his prime who has already shown some chemistry with LeBron James and the limited opportunities they've played together. And now we see what the next shoot-a-drop will be and how they fill out the rest of this roster to try to have the necessary depth to make a legitimate run at a championship. Welcome back to Full Court Press. That's Dave McMenamin talking about the Lakers and the Pelicans. Oh, Made a deal this week. Ow. Over the weekend. Son of a gun. We all, we all kind of saw either that or something just big coming, right? Like, we, we knew this offseason was going to be crazy. Oh, let me, let me, oh, yes, I'm gonna pull, yes, that's true. I'm going to pull back the veil really quickly just on our show after Friday. I'm walking out of the studio. We had just done our tease. And Eric looks at me and says, hey, coming up this week, just – there's going to be a lot happening. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and he kind of just points at Monday, and he says, it's going to start here. And I thought, okay, well, well, we'll see what happens. What happens over the weekend? Lakers give away their future, and Anthony or uh, New Orleans gives up their, uh, what, 26-year-old diva. Uh, so who wins in this deal? Are they? Is it a win-win? It, was there a winner? Was there a loser? How would you guys grade the trade? Honestly, I think... If you're New Orleans, I think you got to be happy with this. He already had a guy. I mean, he's a superstar. It stinks to lose him, but he already didn't want to be there. And so I feel like they got a lot for a guy that didn't want to be there. I, I think if you're New Orleans, you've got to be pretty happy about how that all turned out. If you're both teams, you got to be happy. If you're L.A., you got the kid you want because mm-hmm. you know that you have one max slot left. And if you can sit there and say, hey, we got LeBron, we've got AD, and we've got you. And you put that little picture or whatever on the screen for him to see, whether it's Kemba, whether it's Kyrie, or whoever, or D'Lo, if they even have the guts to go back to him, which would be crazy. But they can go out and they say, look, this is your future. For the next three years, we're winning titles with you because no one else is going to be able to beat this team. And and that's a huge thing. Now, on the other side, like you said, the future is is absolutely incredible. They get the following picks from the Lakers. Number four pick this year. Top A protected in 2021, which becomes unprotected in 22. Unprotected swap in 23. Unprotected first in 24. Unprotected swap in 25. Now, we don't know the for sure swaps on that. But, I mean, if if the (laughs) Lakers don't win a championship in the next three years, guess what? Not only do they just actually become an absolute bust like Boston did, but they have to go every single summer, go to the New Orleans Pelicans' little house, their little summer house, go to their feet, and scrub their toes, each and every single one of them, because they own them for the next four years of basketball. They own them. No, not four, six. They've, they, they've six really, years. They've really, they own them. They've mortgaged their future for a lot of this. That's a great way to put it, because I think the Lakers have the mentality to look that they feel like we have a very short window with LeBron. Mm-hmm. We know Anthony Davis wants to be here. And when the other thing, too, is... Davis is still young, and once LeBron retires, moves on, or becomes less effective, he can be the face we still have a young superstar that we can build around and will be a destination location. I think that's that was their thought, that, look, we'll give away our draft picks. Because we'll guys be a are destination. Come here. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll do the, the rent-a-vet. We'll have these guys that are already in the league that just want to come out for one year to chase a ring. And by the way, they're not done yet. That number four pick, they are getting phone calls, and a lot of them. And they are asking for a lot back, and they should. Because after four, there's maybe two players after the fourth pick 
that are even worthy of considering to be drafted in the first round. Two. And and to be in the top four is humongous. And so the Pelicans hold everybody's card. And they're and, and everybody's at the Pelicans' mercy for the next what week? Well, I, I think that the numbers show I don't have it in front of me, but you uh all star level player, you're almost almost always guaranteed you're gonna find one in the top five. A transformational type player, you're gonna find one in the top three. Um, you can still find good players beyond that, but that's kind of your window for really significant players that can help your franchise long term. The other thing too, the Lakers did not have to give up Kyle Kuzma, and that's I think true. that's why they gave up all those picks so that they could keep Kuzma. The Lakers felt really strongly they needed to keep him. So uh, I think now they they've got to figure out the rest of their bench. Uh, they're not going to have depth, are they? I mean, it's no. Oh, they really won't have won't. depth. Yeah, the, the whole depth thing went out the window after they gave up Ingram, Lonzo, and who's the other guy they gave up? Hart. Hart. See, and Josh Hart's a tough give up. And the life that could have been easy. Lavar Ball. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! And, and 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 by the way, do you know who's the most happiest out of this whole entire thing? Lavar Ball, because he was handcuffed. He was. He. They put a what? I mean, Muzzle? yeah, on, onto his mouth. And said, you can't say crap for the next however many years we got Lonzo. Keep your mouth shut or else we'll take care of it. The only reason he kept his mouth shut was because of LeBron. That's exactly right. Now, oh, open game. And you know what? What did he do? As soon as the trade happens, grabs the camera, puts it on him. Right. Pushes his, own, his no, next never boy out in front of the media. I guarantee it. Well, now he's pushing his younger, his next son out in front of the media saying... Oh, he's going to be a number one pick, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's so great. He's a top five to ten pick, no doubt, absolutely. Not number one. So, uh, last few seconds, guys. Uh, what happens next, next few days? Any other big trades? Don't ask. <laughs> I hope to see one with the Jazz, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. That'll do it for us. Have a great night, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. More than any other league, the NBA is all about superstars. The names on the back of the jersey far more important than the names on the front. But there are a few exceptions, like the Los Angeles Lakers. With their rich history, their championships, market size, and superstars, the Lakers have always been a big deal. Now, they have their latest crop of superstars and are once again the team to watch. Over the weekend, they traded for Anthony Davis. He will now join LeBron to make Los Angeles perhaps the prohibitive favorites in the West. You have to figure this is good for the league, but it certainly puts a whole lot of pressure on everyone in purple and gold. LeBron's been in this situation numerous times in Cleveland and Miami. For Anthony Davis, this is a whole new level of expectations. He'll have to adjust quickly, having that national spotlight on him. Because no matter what happens the rest of free agency, the basketball world will be focused on Los Angeles, like it has so many other times in history. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.